Well, everybody, welcome once again to Apostolic Children's Ministry Podcast. And this, I don't even remember, but Lee, is this number seven consecutively? I believe it is seven. I think it is. So seven in a row so far. We haven't missed a, a week. And for all of those questioning, it is still Wednesday. It's yes. a little later than normal. We usually record these about noon on Wednesday, and it is uh, about nine, almost 9.15 after church Wednesday night. Um, and uh, just this life happened this week. We'll actually discuss that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but we had um, uh, a great Sunday. We're going to recap that. But before we do, I'd like to introduce our guests, although they're not guests to our Sunday school. They are guests to our podcast, and that is our youngest, some of our youngest teachers in our class, and that is uh, Natalia Booker. Hi. How old are you, Natalia? Um, I'm I just forgot what I was. It's fifteen. Fifteen, and then we have Tristan. And how old are you, Tristan? I'm fourteen. Fourteen. Now, uh, as full-fledged teachers, our pastor does uh, prefer them to be eighteen years of age. So right now, we have them on a rotating schedule where they come in once a month, but they bring a level of energy <clears throat> that. Well, quite frankly, I can't bring anymore. <laughs> Despite my best efforts, they are far more energetic than I. Uh, and it's it's always fun to have them in the classroom. So yes, um, let's start with you, Natalia. So you're 15 years old. Yes. How long have you been teaching now? A um, couple months. A couple months, yeah. And Tristan, how long have you been teaching? Same as Natalia, a couple months. We started at the same time. Started at the same time. Now, you guys have a history, though, in Sunday school, as far as your parents mm-hmm. and, yeah. and friends, and uh, uh, in fact, uh, poor Tristan has been the audience of my object lessons for for years, despite uh, her saying, "Dad, please not right now." <laughs> and brother Lee, you know how it is. You yes. do a lesson, you mess up, and you do it again, right? And you yes. want to do it again. Oh, come on, let me show you one more time. So after the seventh repetition, <laughs> Tristan probably knew it better than I did. And uh, Natalia's parents have also been in Sunday school for many, many years. So uh, what got you interested in Sunday school, Natalia? Is there anything in particular that caught your attention or made you think, hey, this is something I want to do when I'm too old to be in this class as a student. I want to be on the other side of it. It's a lot of fun. But besides that, I really want to help like win kids to God. That's awesome. Yep. And there's nothing like people closer to their age that connect with them uh, to draw kids in. You know, here I am. I, I Bob Lee calls me the old the old man of the classroom. <laughs> and it's harder for me to maybe connect with some of the younger people like the way you guys can. You guys can connect with them on a, on a level that I can't. Um, well, to, to add to that, yeah. uh, I, was, I found out that one of the uh, young people that's in our church that helps on our bus ministry actually... Um, goes online video gaming with one of the bus kids we pick up and me being 60 years old or so uh, with a 12 year old kid online gaming that might be a little weird I don't know it fits better with with them doing it together they have a good time but that's good connecting with the kids absolutely and Tristan how about you what 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 made you interested in Sunday school well I was always kind of like Sunday school was always like really fun and so when I got told when you're 12 you have to leave, I was like, no, I love Sunday school. Well, hold on, let's fix that real quick. We never told you you had to leave Sunday okay. school. You, you just left our particular older, class. Okay, you had to move to an older class. I okay, like, let's clear I that love up. The we have Sunday school all the way up to 18, by the way. Even our ER, we have a 12 to 14 class and a youth class right now. They're all one, uh, but we have Sunday school. It's just a different type of Sunday school. It's it's as you mature, you know, the teaching techniques change. And because you guys uh, have the mentality of a three-year-old. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Because <laughs> you, you just uh, do really well with that. And, and so uh, you have now jumped on the other side of it. And you're helping us teach and sing the songs and object lessons and all kinds of stuff. So we're excited. So I'm sorry. I cut so you off a little bit. When I got told, like, you have to leave this Sunday school class. You have to be in the older group. I was, I was like, you said it nicer than that, okay. young lady. <laughs> Told, you get to go to a new class. This is your. This is the new place that you're going to be going to you're Sunday a school. New exciting opportunity. <laughs> and I was always like, no, I love the high energy and I love the action songs and the skits, the puppet shows, or whatever we do. And so, then, I was like, I really want to be in it. Cause, and then also like having some kids that I've been friends with that are younger than me, it was also like, I can help teach them and like get them to know things 
even though I maybe still be learning. And I was like, this is really cool that I really wanted to like help kids understand the Bible, even though I still am a kid. Now that's actually interesting because Brother Lee, you can attest to this for sure. Um, I, I know I learn probably more about a subject trying to teach it than I do being taught it. Yeah. You know, you do a lot of research and uh, preparing a lesson. I, I feel like I've, I, I learn, I get more out of the lesson researching it for the lesson than I would just sitting and listening to someone teach it. Well, and I think they say something like, you don't really know a subject until you're able to teach it. I mean, something like that. But I want to make a point. Uh, in some of the Sunday school, one of my favorite skits was with Tristan. I, I was recruiting her and, and helping her become a hippie. So uh, so that was a lot <laughs> Thank of fun. You for so if you saw that. some of those uh, <laughs> online videos in the past, uh, that was a fun one. So one thing I do want to bring up about these two young ladies is, yeah, we have we have we fun, we have fun, we mess around, we uh, give each other a hard time. But you guys are investing your own money into this thing in the sense that. Um, Sister Delaney started a, a really cool trend thing with costumes and stuff, which which just adds a whole new flair and flavor to the class. Uh, but you guys wanted to get involved in that. In fact, I know Tristan for sure, and I believe Natalia as well, when I asked him or asked Tristan what she wanted for Christmas, what was your answer? Costumes. For Sunday school. She said, I want to be, and she had a whole list of stuff. I want to be a scientist. I want to be a hippie. I want to be all these different uh, characters for Sunday school, which, which I mean, of all the things you could ask for for Christmas, that's pretty cool. Yes. You know, I want to have something I can do for Sunday school. And, and every Sunday that you're in there, Natalia, you dress up. Um, what, what are some of your costumes? Um, I dress up as a bee, a butterfly, a... Uh, Doctor, well, not doctor, but scientist, uh, uh, detective. pirate, yes. What's your name? Shirley Holmes. Shirley Holmes, <laughs> that's right. Um, in fact, we talked about the bee attitudes last week, uh, which we're going to go into. And I was a bee. And there she was. She was the bumblebee. And How just perfect. Ten minutes ago, she was trying to recruit somebody to dress up like a bee. <laughs> It's cool. That's week. awesome. It was something for the bus. They, I was wearing my bee costume, and one of the workers said, how much will you give me for your costume? And I'll give you. And Delaney said something about giving them Sunday school dollars if they dressed up as a bee. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So it really is cool to see you guys investing your own skin in the game, and that's not just just uh, gifts for Christmas. You've also spent your own money um, to, to buy costumes, which I think is what better way to what better thing to buy. Um, so before we go into last week, though, brother, Lee, I, I we ha- we have kind of a. a different topic to bring up <laughs> we, me and you have been busy the last yeah. couple of days so yeah. Yeah, uh, very busy i'm still i'm still recuperating i i am too <laughs> in fact i i'm walking a little funny um so we went fishing we went on a overnight uh deep sea fishing i don't know what they call it a uh, charter where we yep. went and caught all kinds of fish and uh, we had all kinds of experiences, a good time. <clears throat> but on the way back, we were sitting there talking. And we started discussing some things that we learned on that trip. And it turned into a, a Sunday school lesson building, just brainstorming session. And it was, yeah, fun. it was fun. And we were trying to find all of the different lessons that we learned that could be used to teach while on this boat. Um, so... You can you can get lessons anywhere. I don't care what you're doing. You can be in the dentist office getting your face drilled on, and you can get a lesson out of it. So what's the lesson there? Uh, well, I'm not <laughs> saying I necessarily have that, but uh, we're going to go through some of these these lessons. Now, this just happened. We got off the boat last night, um, and when I say walking funny, it was a rough sea. Yeah. The weather was crazy. Um, some sick people on the boat. Thank God I wasn't one of them. God was good to me. Uh, but when we were sitting in that uh, uh, galley on the on the trip home, we started sharing some stuff. And I'm gonna I'm gonna start it off with one. Okay. Okay. My biggest fear was getting sick. <laughs> like I was terrified because I know they have no sympathy. They're not turning around for you if you're sick, throwing up over the side. <laughs> tough luck. You're in there for the long haul, and those other 21 people on the boat don't care. I mean, they care, I guess, ish. They just don't get in their way. Uh, so I was scared. I kept thinking, man, I don't want to get sick. Well, the first night we got on the boat, I went down into the bunk area, and I laid down, which is probably a really bad move. Stuffy, close, 
Just <laughs> anyway, I started getting queasy. This is within 20 minutes of getting on the boat. And I'm thinking, this is going to be a bad 24 hours. I was there about 20 minutes, finally got sick enough where I got out, climbed the stairs, went outside where the went outside where the wind was blowing, and I was feeling yuck. And I remember someone telling me that if you just look at the horizon, then that's steady. And you can keep your eye on that and you won't get sick. Oh, I was already feeling pretty, pretty nasty. So I started staring at the horizon. Now it's nighttime. We left at 10 o'clock at night, something like that. And I just remember looking out and I could see a row of lights across the horizon. And there was like these, I just remember there was three lights and then under it, there was two lights and they were all together. And I kept thinking, just look at the lights. If I just look at the lights, I'm going to be okay. And I was. Whenever I looked at the lights, I was fine. But I remember looking a couple times down at the boat, and I was seeing the boat rocking because it was pretty rough sea. It was uh, leaning left and leaning right, and I'd get sick all over again. And then I'd look at the lights, and I was fine. As long as I stared at the lights, and then I'd look at the water, and I'd see the water splashing, and I'd start getting sick again. And that taught me something. No matter what situation you're in, just keep looking at the lights, and you're going to be fine. Kind of like Peter walking on the water. Exactly. You take your eye off of Jesus. That's right. The light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. He took his eyes off that, looked at the wind and the waves, and straight down. I'm telling you, as long as I looked at the lights, I was fine. And once I looked at it long enough, my stomach eased, my problems went away, and I was fine. (laughs) I'm telling you, it was like, so that's that's what I learned from fishing. You had a... Uh, a mess of them as well. What? What? What's that? Which one did you learn? Oh, let's see. Well, one of them. Uh, okay, so uh, we had there was what seven of us that knew each other that went together. Yes. Twenty two people on the boat, and seven of us from from church that that went from a couple different churches, whatever. And uh, so that was that made it kind of fun too. So we had good fellowship and and whatever. Um, and. Um, the deckhands had a chalkboard, and they kept track of, of, of the number of fish. Now, I don't know how many total fish there were. They, you know, There's so no many time. different kinds, of, but it was it was a lot. So everywhere we'd get, we'd you know catch fish. And uh, but what's the one thought was was as the um, the deckhands are there, and I'm already jumping to the end where they're cleaning the fish on the way back. So we had a, it was about a three four hour drive we were way out there it felt like a week yeah <laughs> quite just, frankly just going along and uh, so as they're cleaning the fish and they had so many you know because there were 22 people on the boat and we each had you know just a couple dozen fish whatever it was so they had a lot of fish so you had all the fish guts and all of the parts of the fish there and they're cleaning all the fish birds just seemed to come out from nowhere so that all the fish guts and whatever so there was hundreds of hundreds, them hundreds following of them the boat seagulls oh. and pelicans and and it was it was kind of fun to watch them and then while we're fishing if you didn't want the fish or something because it's too small or whatever they're throwing out there watching these birds just kind of swallow these fish whole or whatever but they're just kind of there but uh i guess the point was was uh that we were very successful in the fish but you always have these birds annoying the deckhand they're trying to throw the birds shooing them away but that probably got more excited and stuff so you um you, you know you sometimes when you're successful and and uh with with your church programs or whatever you know some there's some things that are going to come and annoy you maybe. Mm. the more successful you are the more annoyances there might be, might be <clears throat> yeah so we learned that on our trip um, I, I also, I told you I was worried about going on this trip. I really was. Like, I didn't really advertise it a lot. But every time they'd talk about it, I'd kind of get quiet. Because I, I just knew I'd be that one guy that was sick, thrown up over the side, <laughs> that nobody wanted to be around. Because I was miserable company and didn't want to be there. Um, but uh, and, 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 well, to tie into that. So uh-huh. there were some of us from the boat. There's a guy sitting next to me, and like you mentioned, there were people that weren't feeling so good. As he's sitting there, and I'm fishing, I got a pole in the water. He's just just heaving over the side, and, and it's flowing by my line. I'm just sitting there like, I'm just, I'm trying not to look at it, trying not to watch, because if you start doing that, then you're going to start getting sick too. It's just kind of like a, yeah. it's just kind of contagious. Thing. <laughs> yeah. So. But the bottom line is is all that worry I had. For weeks, I was worried about this. I didn't get sick. At one night, I told you I looked at the lights, and I was fine after that. I didn't get sick the rest of the trip. I was totally fine. But I worried about it for weeks. You know, a lot of times, we can talk ourselves out of some really good opportunities. I almost didn't go because I didn't want to get sick. And a lot of times, we have these neat things like, hey, teaching a Bible study. I've never taught one. I'm afraid. I can't do that. 
what would happen? You know, what if I get halfway through and forget something? You know, it, we we could talk ourselves out of anything. I don't want to teach Sunday school because I might get halfway through my lesson and mess up. You know, half well more than half the time. Many times our worries are nonsense, mm-hmm. and we just need to get out there and do stuff. Um, you had one uh, really. You were talking about it doesn't matter. Well, there was people there with all kinds of equipment, right? Yeah, yeah. Some of it was pretty beat up. Some of it was pretty fancy. But you had a, a good lesson off that. Uh, you know, so I'm watching. Um, okay, so basically we fish a squid. These deckhands, I mean, they get paid. These captains, they, 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 they announce their uh, catches after every trip. And, and people that are into fishing go and they report. They see the reports and, they, oh, this this boat and this captain, they're really doing good. So so they know what they're doing. They're, that's what they, they're professional. They do this for a living. So they say, okay, set your hook this way. Set up your weights this way. This size, this size hook, this size weight. And we're using squid. Do this, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's kind of funny where, you know, you do that, and they know what they're doing, so, okay. And I'm, I'm inexperienced with this kind of fishing, and so I'm going to listen to them and do what they say. But it's funny to watch these other people. They get out. One guy had a thousand, I think it was a thousand dollar electronic reel or a something. Thousand like a thousand dollar electric motorized reel. Motorized reel. I mean, it does Which get saves hard. you it, <laughs> having to turn a handle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a thousand dollars well spent right there, boss. Um, and all this equipment, they got these fancy uh, covers over the reels. Now again, the, I, I all my equipment was borrowed. I don't I don't invest in you know. I use the Walmart fifteen dollar poles when I go. Uh, this stuff you know we used art was good stuff. And you got all this fancy equipment. These people are doing all these fancy lures, throwing all this stuff out. But I noticed that they weren't really catching any more fish. If not, one guy, I saw him at the bait tank almost all day long. He kept changing the bait all the time. I kept going, thinking, it's that squid I have on. He, he's the problem. <laughs> so, you know, you could have all this fancy stuff, all this fancy equipment and whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes it just doesn't even help you catch fish if you're just not presenting it right. Or, um, you know, it just comes down to the basics, you know. Um, and, and, like, you know, um, the simplicity of the gospel you know uh, just keeping good. it simple and and uh yeah just just trying to be you know, just you know when we t- we do these podcasts there's always a great message or something the day before right around just being good you know pastor preached on 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 that tonight and uh just yeah. being good and just being good to people and stuff that's going to win people just keep it simple you know that when you're witnessing Keep it simple. Yeah. It always comes down to repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you got that part right, uh, God will help you with the rest. But if you're not catching fish... Mm-hmm. Go back to the basics. Go back you know, the you're basics, missing yeah. something. Especially when, when people are catching stuff. You yeah, know? right, right. I, you know, I mean, if, if you're not catching something, well, you may want to, okay, look, re, you know, reflect on yourself, what you're doing. Right. You know, if you're not winning souls, you know, well, is there something about it? What do I need to do? Yeah. But if you are, you know, don't stop doing what you're doing, you know. Yeah, it's just crazy. So. Exactly. Uh, one thing I noticed is that they were always adapting to the changing situations. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, the captain was really good at moving the boat to certain positions or he'd say all right guys pull up we're going to a different place mm-hmm. um this time use this size weight at this spot you this at this particular spot it's this depth we need this type of hook and they they knew exactly what to do based on the situation so what i learned from that is we need to adapt you know if you're going on outreach at a, at a men's prison you're not going to make animal balloons <laughs> does that no. make sense right yeah so you need to adapt. The uh, Bible says be, th- be all things to all men. So do what works in the situations that you're at. Okay. Um, what's, what's something else? Uh, you, you were talking about the huge variety of fish that we pulled up. Yeah. So, again, it's kind of like that. You, you go out on outreach and whatever. We caught um, you know, red snapper, um, uh, uh, yellowtail, uh, grouper, the whites and chuckleheads, copperheads, you know, just sea bass and, and uh, just uh, there are so many different kinds. Of, I think when I, I was pulling the skin off of the fish today and I started to keep it. I was going to separate them, but I had so many different kinds that uh, I thought it'd just be, the, you know, two or three fillets in, in a little baggie, so I didn't want to do that. Um, well, that's kind of the way it is uh, when you um, go out on outreach and, and you pick up kids in Sunday school. Yeah. You get a... Um, you get a wide variety, wide assortment of, of kids and uh, different backgrounds, you know, uh, some, um, you know, with one parent at home, uh, father, mother, maybe 
two parents if you're lucky uh, these days. Uh, some live with their grandparents or you know who knows and uh, you know and, and you got all nationalities and education levels and just just basic morals that they may have uh, learned at home and just you, you just never know what to expect. Yeah. And um, and that's the way it was with fish, you know. But you know what? You take them all, uh, you take them all in, and you work with what you got. And that's just the way it is in church. You look around the church and you see different personalities and and uh, the way people worship, and uh, uh, and you know not everybody you know uh, is like you, but that's that's a good thing. You know, my wife and I teach uh, um, uh, premarital counseling, and uh, one of the topics, one of the chapters uh, they talk about is being a compliment to somebody, you know, and then even in the finance class, I think Pastor talked about that, where you have somebody that's like a big spender and the other person's a saver. Well, that's good. If you have two big spenders and, and you're getting married to somebody that's a big spender, that's not going to work out very good. And uh, so you need to, um, you know, so that balance is, is really good. And you're going to have all kinds of that with, with uh, your kids that you pick up in your church. And or an outreach, and uh, and definitely the variety of fish was just just amazing. I could I, the, the 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 sizes, the shapes, the colors was just phenomenal. Speaking of amazing, did we mention these podcasts are raw, <laughs> raw <laughs> and unedited? So we're at the church after uh, Wednesday night service, and uh, there's still a lot of people around. And they just happen to pick the one room we're in to knock on it. And we're not cutting this out. We are not going to edit until we absolutely have no other so choice. So if you got the sense that I just kind of rambled on there for a while. I, I, I was. He was burning time. They had to come get a bunch of stuff in the room. Uh, and we're not going to keep going with this. We probably have 20, yeah. 20 different lessons that we learned from this. One last one is one thing I learned is that it takes the entire crew to make this thing happen. Yes, there was the people reeling in the fish. They're the people that were having probably the most fun at that moment. Uh, they were definitely hooting and hollering the most. And, but it was the deckhands that made a lot of it happen. Yeah. You know, people yeah. were tangling their lines. They would go in there and they'd untie them. Uh, they would grab the fish off the hooks. They'd take them over and throw them in the right bag. Uh, the captain was maneuvering the boat. There was even a lady that was feeding everybody, making sure that you know everybody was uh, taken care of. Everybody had their place, everybody did their job, and that's how the fish were caught. So, you know, we're just thinking, you know, the, the church has a lot of uh, visible positions, and it also has a lot of background positions, and they're all important. You know, the captain of the ship, the pastor, is, is visible. Um, the uh, Sunday school teachers sometimes are, are visible, but there's a lot of people behind the scenes that do honestly as much uh, we have a breakfast team that cooks yeah. the breakfast yeah. for our, our bus team they're, they're not usually front and center but they are absolutely changing uh, the the morning for these kids they're, they're anyway they're, there's people like that, that all over the place that, that just feed the crew they take care of the crew um, maybe they're cleaning the fish you know we talk about that right yeah. uh, once you catch the fish they got to be discipled right <laughs> we, we bring them in on the bus and someone's got to teach them someone's got to do uh, discipleship and mm -hmm. and, and uh, you know help these kids grow and these families grow and to be everything that God wants them to be uh, but we have so many and, and the purpose of what we just did mm -hmm. wasn't to illustrate anything about fishing necessarily but from one little trip that we took mm -hmm. Honestly, it could have been just a wasted, not wasted at all. I mean, it was fun. We got fish out of it. <laughs> but uh, we, we learned a lot. And I think many of these lessons we're going to put into practice yeah. that we yeah. can use to teach Sunday school. So Sunday school teacher out there, I don't care what you're going through. When you're done, just kind of recap and say, is there anything out of this that I can teach? Mm -hmm. You talked about your work team building. Was that what it was yeah, called? Yeah, yeah. The team building exercise that you learned from when someone prompted you, hey, what could you do for how did they how did they phrase that to you? Yeah, uh, so I, I was kind of dreading going to this team building, you know, work thing over the weekend, and uh, and he goes, what's, "What's going on? What's the matter?" And I go, oh, "I don't want to go to this team building thing over the weekend. I just sit there in meetings and whatever." And and he goes, "Well, you know what? I used not to like to go to those things either, um, but uh, I found out what can I what can I get out of this, and how can I use it in Sunday school or teaching and preaching somehow? What what can I get out of it and use it for God somehow?" So I kind of changed my whole perspective. 
perspective, my attitude on, on how to do it and uh, or, or what to get out of it. And I did. I, 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 games, like team building games are fun. And those are some things that you can do in like your Sunday school like pre-activities or even during the, during the Sunday school and whatever. So. Absolutely. Uh, now, there's one thing that, that you brought up that I do want you to talk about real yeah. quick, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, you were talking about it's one thing to describe something. Yeah. As opposed to seeing it or being involved in it, so can you talk talk us through that real quick? Yeah, so so uh, I want to you know, so you know, obviously fishing, you got your 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 hooks and your your weight and this and that, and then obviously if you don't tie a good knot, you know, you could you're end up trouble. Lose, you're gonna lose yeah. your fish. So I want to tell you how to tie a knot here. Um, so Oops. you just take your line and you loop it, and then you run it around a few three or four times, and you put it through the hook and flip it over the end of the hook and run it back through the knot and then you wet it and then you cinch it up and then your knot's all nice and made. You guys got that? So, so Tristan and Ty, you guys can tie a knot now based on that description, right? I can tie uh, a knot. I don't think it'll be that knot. <laughs> no, it will not be that knot. But I can tie a what knot. Do you, you just described it though. That's, that's, it's all. It's real simple. I yeah. don't know what so, cinching a knot exactly <laughs> involves. And I, and I don't know why wetting it would matter. <laughs> Well, there really is a science to it. You got to you got to lubricate it so it doesn't burn the line, and, and so it cinches up nice and, and running smooth. Running across and, what? Uh, okay, brother. Lee. Well, what are you trying to teach us with that? Yeah. So you know. So again, we were sitting here thinking, and, and I thought, okay. So uh, as we're putting this together, I didn't know we were going to really do this on a podcast. But obviously, some stuff isn't very good podcast material. <laughs> uh, it's better to see and show somebody that um, and how to do something. And so sometimes you gotta you gotta maybe um you know work with your kids and stuff because you could have the greatest i could i could have you know i was just kind of hurrying through that but it it is so hard sometimes but if i i could tell tristan and and natalia how to do something but if they don't get it if i if they didn't understand it and if they can't apply it and and you know if they're just you know uh just can't do what, what the, if they're out on a boat and they what did he say do I loop it through three times well you know I think we're supposed to wet it at some point you know and if they don't come up with an effective knot then I didn't really help them I didn't communicate there to them are. and they're they're going to be lost and it's going to be a waste of time so uh, some things you just really got to just focus and make sure you communicate and that it is it or you're not really communicating I'm just talking you know at that point yeah. and so you got to make sure that it gets through you know and just like a pastor could have the greatest message it could but it could be so high-ended yeah. that you're just sitting there and your eyes just glazed over. And Absolutely. So know, know your audience. So if you're a Sunday school teacher and you're teaching 7- and 8-year-olds, teach at their level. You know, I don't – if you're maybe – sometimes we take for granted a subject that we know well and we think that everybody else knows it that well. And so we skim over some parts or we, we take some shortcuts, some verbal shortcuts, or we just assume some things. A lot of times you can't assume that. And you gotta show them in way more detail than you think you might need to. Sometimes, um, one way to do it is to do it at home, like I would do with Tristan and, and, and Logan and Riley. I would I would teach the lesson before I went and taught the lesson, and a lot of times they would say, "Well, what did you mean?" Like on certain parts, I was like, "Well, I was very clear," you know, <laughs> a little offended that you brought that up. But then I realized, "Oh, they're right." They don't understand it, and they're they're asking me because they quite simply don't understand it. And in a classroom, you don't, a lot of time you don't get that feedback. Well, and and I think the whole point of this too is one of the notes was that Jesus used parables and um, uh, like farming and fishing and things like that. And a lot of the stories that he brought up because the people knew that it was common to them, and it was an effective teaching tool to get points across and he could use those analogies and stuff that they were very familiar with. So. Yeah. And one last thing that we learned from the boat, and I really am going to stop here, even though we probably got another 10, 15 here, is I was watching the deckhands at the end. You were talking about them cleaning and filleting the fish. And they're in a hurry. They got hundreds of fish to do. They got to do a lot. And so they're not wasting time and they get paid by how fast they do it. And the faster they do it, the more money they make, or at least yeah. the less time they got to waste on it. And I was watching them, and these guys are really good, but they're taking some big old shortcuts. Yeah. You know, so they'd, they'd fillet the fish and flip it, and then instead of, you know, trying to just get the get the skin off where they can get the most meat out of it, they were just taking huge chunks out with their knife and just throwing it over the side. I mean, pound after pound of really good meat. And I was watching that we hadn't flung over the side because they didn't want to take the time to really do it. 
and I'm not blaming those guys. You know, honestly, if I was in their position, I might do the same. I don't know. Uh, but I remember thinking, uh, or, or when I brought this up to Bob Lee, we were talking about it. I said, yeah, if that was their fish, yeah, they'd treat it different. But it's ours, and they didn't really care about it. And uh, a lot of times, it's it's amazing how we treat somebody else's maybe kid that they brought on their bus. It's not my kid. It's it's theirs. You know, and, and when they act up in class, it's so easy to dismiss them or say, um, you They'll know, deal d- with it. Yeah, or, or tell them you tell them they can't come back. Well, no, no, that's my fish. Right. I brought them, and that cuts deep when it's your baby. Um, Brother Lee was telling us about Bumblebee. Yeah. Uh, when you worked there at the tuna factory, what were they? What, what did they base that on? Yeah. On so the labor is one of the most expensive parts of you know cleaning the fish and and um, <clears throat> you know uh, the pro- the most expensive part of buying when you go buy a can of tuna. A lot of what you're paying for is the labor to get that tuna in the can. And um, but one of the uh, what they call a key performance indicator is or is the yield. So if you have a like a hundred pound. Um, tuna or whatever that you that you have in and sitting there well you got the skin and the the bones and everything like that but you got a, a lot of meat um if you're sloppy like these deck cans were because they get they get you know they're charging two bucks a fish you know and uh whether you end up <laughs> if you have a five pound fish and and you end up with a one pound worth of fillet versus four pounds worth of fillet or, or three pounds, whatever. It's all the same um, to them. It's all the same to them. You still got their two bucks. But uh, but obviously, when you're talking money and they own the fish, and you're in your you know your profitability is uh, relying on how much yield you get out of it, you're really careful to make sure that you're getting your money and getting all the flesh out of that tuna that you can. Yeah. So I was thinking, imagine if God judged us on our yield on the fish that we bring in. You know, the ones that, that he puts in our care to be discipled or to be taught Bible studies. And, now, you know, this is just, just food for thought. But what if he judged us on how well we took care of what he gave us? On the yield, on how many stick, how many Bible studies are we are we teaching from the kids we bring in? And whew, That's kind of a something to... Right. Kind of like, sober you up you know, a little bit. Like so, each of our routes got a contest going on. You know, we want to see who gets the most. Mm. But, but down the road, okay, let's have our next contest should be okay. Out of that hundred that knew once it came, how many people do you have still, you know, hanging around? Absolutely, you know, so yeah. and that that's why we do a point for returning kids as well. You know, we don't want to just have new kids that never come back. Mm-hmm. We want them to keep coming forever. We want these yeah. kids to be us, to replace us, to to do things for God that we never could do. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that that's what we learned from fishing. And if you want the whole rest of it, send us an email. We'll shoot you over the dock. <laughs> but uh, we'll use these one day for Sunday school. Uh, but we're going to talk now, unless you have morbidly, about last uh, Sunday. Uh, go ahead. The, the one, one other one What's that? there was um, that the deckhands were always cleaning mm. up <clears throat> after themselves. So when there's you have blood, you got skin, you got uh, just stuff all over the boat and whatever um, every moment they had a chance they were washing down cleaning up constantly and constantly cleaning and yeah. one thought I thought of is, is is repenting you know don't wait until don't come to God when your life is a total train wreck when you've just messed up so much and yeah. okay it's now I need to go talk to the pastor or go talk good. to Jesus about this take care hit every time there's an altar call hit the altar and whether you think you need it or not just it's yeah. one of those where God if there's something in me that's keeping me from getting closer to you get it out of me right now and just keep yourself as clean as possible all that's the so time good. You're right. I was watching those deckhands. Every time we'd stop fishing, they'd start cleaning. Yeah. Every time. They wouldn't wait till the end of the trip, which, quite frankly, I probably would do. I'm like, <laughs> it's just going to get dirty anyway. Mm-hmm. These guys are stomping all over it and making a mess again. Not them. They were but brushing so and spraying. Exactly, and, brushing. Because when I mean, you got... You know, when something flings on the side of the boat and it's, you know, I, I mean, I, I do that at home. Like, as soon as I get done, I, I'm sure you kids are perfect, too. As soon as you get done, <laughs> you go oh, rinse yeah. it off. and It doesn't sit in the sink all day long, get dry and crusty. You know, you rinse it immediately. It's so much easier. And that's, that's the, mm, the, you know, that's what they're good. doing is they're cleaning it up right then and there before it gets caked on and, and stuck on where you got to get the brush and the yeah. chisel out practically to get yeah. it off. The longer the mess sits, the worse it gets. <laughs> <laughs> my parents used to tell me they used to say well go clean your room and I'd be like why it's just gonna get dirty again <laughs> and because that's like the kids ultimate excuse for not cleaning your room but 
then sometimes my mom would tell me, she'd say, well, what if one of your friends comes over and sees your dirty room? And I'm like, well, I think they'll, I think they'll get it. They'll, they have rooms too. Yeah. She's like, well, you're pro- if your friends see your dirty room, you'll probably be embarrassed of that. So she's like, yeah. you always have to keep cleaning. You can't just yeah. let it be dirty. Because you See, can't live Brother Lee, fishing teaches us all kinds of stuff, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. That's right. Uh, but I like that continual cleaning. And, and you know, we, we learned that from a boat, and we were able to share that. We're going to be able to share that with kids later. Um, but this, this last Sunday, we talked about the Beatitudes. There's eight of them in total, I believe. And we talked about the first four. Um, and we had our bee, our bumblebee, uh, or is it nine? I don't know. Whatever it is, we talked about four of them last week. <laughs> and Natalia was our, our, our bee, our bee attitude. And we started off with an uh, intro. Brother Marcos was, was trying to give his intro anyway when this annoying... Hey, 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 what you doing? What you doing? <laughs> That's a pretty good invitation. We, we have <laughs> a duck. Started. We have a duck named Mr. Quackers, and he's a puppet. But he comes up, and, and he's, he's pretty annoying. Quite frankly. So this duck, all right, he comes out. He says, hey, Marcos, what you doing here? Hey, these kids are here. They're bugging me. You know, I need to tell some jokes. And Mr. Quackers is, is uh, I think he's from the Bronx. Is all I can <laughs> yeah. But he tells jokes, and he gives candy away to the kids that laugh. <laughs> They're not yeah. They're The like harder they laugh, the more he gives candy yeah. out. Yeah. Um, so uh, Brother Marcos was, was trying to give the rules, and, and the number one rule that Mr. Quackers insisted on was that you laugh at my jokes, yeah. or else. Yes. <laughs> uh, and so Mr. Quackers is a fun way, sorry, uh, to interact with the, uh, the class. Puppets can be fun if, 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 they're, if they're done right. Uh, I think we've all seen bad puppets, you know, the puppets <laughs> that look down at the floor up straight at the mm-hmm. ceiling, their mouths don't move. Uh, and they have no personality. Um, you can tell when someone's arms getting tired during puppets. Oh, I'm the worst. I, I gotta admit, I got. I, I can tell you that I am a terrible puppeteer because my hand just starts drifting down. And I gotta force it up. Uh, but yeah, so Mr. Quackers uh, gave the rules, and he'd tell a joke. The kids would laugh. For the Lee, I think you were distributing the candy for us. Yes. Um, and then we finally got to the real rules. Uh, and then he gave out Bibles, birthdays. And then we had an action song. And I think we did Deep Cries Out again. That was Larry yes. and Sarah. Um, and that's a fun song. It's, if you've never heard that song, Deep Cries Out and Deep Cries Out, We, we Cry Out. Deep Cries Out, Deep Cries Out, We Cry Out. Then we cry Jesus. Well, if you haven't sung that in your Sunday school, it's a good song uh, when it starts going, When we go to the left, then I'll go to the left. When he goes to the right, then I'll go to the right. Gonna jump, 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 jump in the river. Jump, 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 everybody. It's just a great song. Um, and then we did a skit and puppet show. And this is where we learned about B's attitudes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I, I was uh, conscripted to be in the skit, and so I was the, the bad guy. Uh, well, the dumb guy, I guess. <laughs> I was bad guy. Yeah. So they introduced the B attitudes, and I was talking about how, how I read those. And yeah. it, was, it was really cool because I learned that only poor people can go to heaven. That's yeah. what it says in the scripture. It says, the poorer you are, the quicker you're going to heaven. That's what I was like, I, I fit that description. That's right. Sign me up. I'm ready to roll. <laughs> and I had to tell poor brother Danny, sorry, you got to go sell what thou hast and give it away because, you know, you're not going to make you it You have otherwise. great possessions. It's right. easier for a rich man to enter to heaven. No, yeah. yeah. No, it's easier. No, camel head to the eye of a needle. Then for Richard and enter to heaven. You need to join buttons See? again. Uh, anyway, so I got corrected very strongly that it's not poor people, it's poor in spirit. And so we taught about that beatitude. Well, then we got into the next one, which is uh, where I had to tell everybody that only the weak can inherit the earth. Oh, I have to work on that because huh, I'm so strong. Yeah. That's right. So I told Delaney that she's a shoe-in because she's one of the weakest people I've ever met. Marshmallows for muscles. And here I am just, you know, just, just, uh, you know, ripped. And of course, the old jokes melted everything. That's right. Yeah, and so we got in an argument about um, how bad I smell, and that's the only strong I am. Um, that wasn't very nice. <laughs> And then they finally cleared that up, and so we, we talked in, in detail about those two uh, Beatitudes. Um, and then we had another song. 
Remember what that one was? Uh, Julian and In Kim? Jesus' name. In by Jesus Israel Hoogan. Mm. Oh! Hey, Bradley, tell them what we're doing with that song this Sunday. Yeah, so uh, we offered up or, or, or kind of uh, suggested or asked the kids if they wanted to sing. Uh, we're going to open up to if, if 100% of the kids from our Sunday school class want to sing, we're going to actually sing it at the Gospel Fest for our church. And now, we, our have, church. we have our, our Children of Praise group that's been around forever. But it's always been our established church kids that come on Wednesday nights. Mm -hmm. uh, that's when they practice. And so we're trying to figure out a way. How do we involve our, our kids that ride the bus to be a part of this? Because a lot of them want to be. Mm -hmm. But they're just not here at the right time. Um, so we were able to work it out where the song they're singing is a song that they already know. Yeah. And Very they know well. it really yeah. well. Yeah. And they it's, love that song. It's a bunch of kids involved. Yeah. In Jesus' name, Israel Hooten. Um, where, you know, God is fighting for us, God is on our side. But then at the end when it starts getting really yes. rowdy. Uh, God is fighting for us, pushing back the darkness, lighting up the kingdom. And the actions that go with it are just wild and the kids are into it. And everybody knows them. Yes. And so uh, the idea is that this Sunday, everybody that wants to be involved in the kids' choir is going in there. And yeah. it's going to be so cool. So we got to adapt as far as... You know, we got to maybe cut the class a little short so we can get them out and in mm -hmm. the main service on time. But it's exciting because I think they're singing twice. I think they're singing Sunday morning and Sunday night. Oh, wow. I think wow. that's what I heard. Yeah. I could be wrong on that, but that's that's my rough understanding of Didn't it. Didn't you say something about parents might be more interested in coming to see their kids sing also? Yes. So we're hoping that families come to see their, their children sing in the church. Yeah, um, this is all something that we're just... This, we're dipping our toes into this, never done it before. We, uh, quite frankly, don't know what we're doing, but we're not going to worry ourselves out of not trying it, yeah. <laughs> like we already talked about. Um, after that song, we, we practiced that specific song that they were going to sing, and then we went into a game. Um, now, we've always had Connect Four, the big Connect Four. It's a real big one, like four feet tall, six feet wide. Mm -hmm. A lot of fun. Kids enjoy it. But we tried to make it more quick, quick and yeah. frantic and exciting. <laughs> it so. actually is a lot harder because you don't realize what's going on. You're just trying to get it in before anybody. Well, we didn't even told them what we did. Yeah. <laughs> so when we played Connect Four, normally they have unlimited time to make their move. But this time we gave them a 10-second countdown. And after when it got to zero, if it's boys against the girls, say it's the girls' turn, and it counted down to zero, and the girls still haven't placed their their checker in, then the boys got to go again. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. so they could go twice in a row, uh, and the same for the boys. If but, the boys ran time ran out, then the girls could go again. But if the boys went twice in a row, or the girls went twice in a row, the other team got to go twice in a row also. No, no, no. That's all. No, well, that, that rule was only if they jumped the gun and played too early. Oh, so okay. say if the boys thought it was at zero, but there was really like three seconds left and the girls still had a chance and they played ah, early on okay. accident, then the girls got to play two in a okay. row. Uh, I think we had a penalty um, if if because it's two, two against two, two yes. boys against two girls, yep. if the same person did it twice. Yeah. I think we, like yeah, because we had one boy that wasn't letting the other one play. He was yeah, that was that was kind of wild. One. Uh, but it was a fun a fun uh, way to mix up the game a little bit. Uh, if you don't have a big Connect Four, we just we built it. We'd be happy to share the plans with you. Um, it's nothing fancy. Just use it for games, good behavior games. Yep. Just uh, like the before icebreaker things. <clears throat> Speaking of good behavior, since we're there, Brother Lee, you did a class long good behavior game. And for those that are just getting in on this, the good behavior game is something that we use to encourage the kids to behave better than they would otherwise. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it, sometimes it's boys against girls where during the class, if one side's being more, mm -hmm. uh, either more well-behaved or participating more, we'll put an extra balloon on the wall in front of them, and whoever ends the class with the most balloons will win. Uh, we've done it where... Oh, well, why don't you tell them what we did last week, Billy? Yeah, so um, so I, I wasn't. that was my segment uh, for this last week. 
and I got some candy, but also we have a bunch of prizes and, and, and toys and games and things that were donated or the, the, the Sunday School Department has. And uh, so, the, again, the object of this is to not necessarily take away too much from uh, a, a slotted time period during the, the lesson or during the Sunday School period. Uh, so I asked a lot of the teachers to watch. It's not just good behavior, but it's participation. We, want, we, want, we don't want somebody to sit there on a chair with his hands folded and, you know, falling asleep sleep, which I guess could be good sometimes. But we want them to be doing this, the song motions and, and answering questions and, and laughing at Mr. Quacker jokes and whatever. <laughs> yes. So, um, but so it's good behavior and, you know, um, and, and participating and having, and having fun and, do, and doing what we're, they're supposed to do. So anyway, so we have teachers and all I did, kept it simple, had a, a little bag and I gave uh, post-it notes and asked the teachers to watch and monitor throughout all the segments people that are into the service doing the songs uh, just and you could get as if you know if one teacher you know or three teachers see the same person I didn't put any rules on it you just put their names in the back and then we at the end of the at the end of the uh, Sunday school period we just uh, drew out of uh, 10 I think we had 10 names or so 10 prizes and game, uh, candy to give away and just pick the names and and it was it, I was kind of surprised I, I, there I'm sure there were some that had their names in there multiple times but it was 10 different people um, and and just pulled their names out, and as it was right at the end of the Sunday school, it took a couple minutes uh, to to give them all out, and they got to pick what they wanted. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it was really good. Yep, um, and, and I'm I'm going back, but I was just inspired to repeat a joke that Mr. Quackers told. Oh, okay, because it was so good. So when it started. But the Marcus was talking, and Mr. Quaggies came up, but he was really sad. He had a bad day. And Brother Marcos was saying, what, what's wrong, Mr. Quackers? Yeah, Sundays are always a sad day for me. And he's like, well, well, what do you mean? Why, why, why is it sad? Like, well, it's just, it's a sad day. But let me tell you, Brother Marcos, the day before is a Saturday. <laughs> give give Brother Lee candy, quick. Give Brother Lee some candy. Sorry, I don't candy's have any. Candy's got headache medicine. Oh, yeah, yeah, laugh or nothing. So those are the kind of marvelous <laughs> bits of humor that he introduces into the class. That's right. Yeah. He even tells people, like, you know, it takes guts to be an organ donor. That sort of thing. It's just powerful <laughs> stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Crocker has been in there for a long time. Yeah, he's, he's been around. He's, been around. he's, he's almost as old as you, brother. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine that. Uh, then we went to the final lesson. We had Brother Danny and Sister Sabrina. They were talking about the last two uh, Beatitudes. Um, and they started out with Brother Marcos. Hunger and thirst after righteousness Oof. and meek shall inherit the earth. Those are the Beatitudes, right? Yes. And and Brother Marcos came in the back. He was in bad shape. Yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah. He was in bad shape. So, Natalia, what was he doing exactly? He was, like, stumbling along the ground, groaning. He was barely able to stand up. He was so hungry and thirsty. So hungry. So and just hungry. trying to make it to the front where Brother Toronto had a sandwich and some water or mm-hmm. something like that. So how did that apply to the lesson, though? So the beatitude was those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, and he came up and we're talking about being hungry and thirsty and right. how you shouldn't be hungry and thirsty just after like the food things, but after the spirit of God. That's right. Yeah, so uh, we need to feel the way that Brother Marcos was acting. That's how we need to feel after the things of God. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, a lot of people, they, 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 you know, they're they're hungry for a lot of things, but but not the things of God necessarily. And then Sarah Torado came out, and it was a a performance that was just unreal. So Sarah is a bit on. I would I would classify her generally as more shy, yes. reserved, a yeah. uh, little introverted maybe. She came out like a clap of thunder. It was so awesome. I'm telling you, she came up there and was singing and telling no. telling Brother Danny and how she got solo. her solo and she rocked it and everybody wow. loved her and she even gave us a little solo. She yeah. was singing. Not sound like yeah. Sarah, but I'm okay. Tell- she oh, did yeah. so good. And, of course, she was the opposite of, of, of being meek humble, of being humble. meek. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I was so good. Everybody loved me. I'm going to do it again, like, next Sunday, or I'm just so good. La, 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 That's right. And uh, so then Brother Danny just kind of recapped those. those. And then uh, for the wrap-up, uh, we just did a, a quick closing talking about all the Beatitudes. The poor in spirit, they that mourn shall be comforted. 
about how when you're sad, God's going to be there to take care of you. Um, of course, the meek shall inherit the earth and they that hunger and thirst for righteousness. So um, we also had someone that their entire job was make sure there was never dead air. So anytime there was a transition from one segment to another, Brother Julian would jump up and his entire job was to make sure that the kids always had something to focus on. We all know that the second you have any silence in the room, unless it's unless it's for a purpose, uh, generally it just leads to chaos. You give them an opportunity, and the kids are going to fill that silence of something. Uh, so his job was to make sure that never happened. Uh, Sister Bree, she was our timekeeper. She was in the back. She had a whiteboard Giant like the size, whiteboard. Of, <laughs> the size of a Volkswagen. And she's holding this thing up with numbers on it. Everybody knew that they were over time. Uh, thanks to Mr. Quackers. He, he just he wasn't paying much attention, was he? That guy. you got to watch him. Um, and that was really it. That was our day. That was our day. We talked about the B attitudes. So, Well, I think that, that may be it. We're about 50 minutes in. Um, but we recapped our Sunday and uh, learned about fishing. I don't yep. know if that's exactly what you guys signed up for when you listen to this <laughs> podcast, but uh, we got more where that came from. But no, you really can use your life experiences to help help in Sunday school. And thank you guys for joining us today. Uh, Talia, Tristan, Billy, Lee, of course. And anything else to, to add to it, Billy? Lee? I want to... Uh, I want- Natalia, tell us about the pillowcase over the head. Wait, what? The pillowcase. Okay, so um, we did a skit about the fishers of men. And before the podcast started, I was joking around about how pillowcases over people's head could teach you about, yes. About fishing, yes. Uh, If you want any, well, reference, you can go watch the Sunday school video about fishers of men. That's right, yeah. And fishers of men, we did all the wrong things to to be true fishers of men. Don't throw a soda with a church card wrapped around it through a car window, guys. <laughs> that would be bad. That'd be bad. But thank you guys for joining us. Uh, thank you guys for uh, checking the podcast out again. If you have any recommendations for what you want us to talk about, send it to info at apostolicsundayschool.com uh, or just any feedback, criticism, positive or negative. We're not going to get offended. Just, just let us know what you think. All right. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next time. God bless. God bless. Bye. Bye. Bye.